How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Hello, writers. Today I get the fun chance to talk once again to author Jacqueline Coy. Now, Jacqueline's really fun to talk to for a lot of reasons, but she's also coined a neat new phrase, Rimo. So stick around to the end of our conversation because that's when we finally get around to talking about it. And if you're a writer, you're going to want to know what this is. Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always fun to chat with a friend. Has it been one year or two years? I don't even know. I feel like my book journey, it corresponds with when I started having kids. So it's all a little bit of a blur. (laughs) My oldest one is four and a half. So yeah, we've had each other somewhere. (laughs) It's been a while. I think you might've just had two books at the time, which puts us two books ahead more. No, we, I've finished. I've got six out right now and I'm working on book seven, hopefully uh, next month. Oh my goodness, that's so fantastic. Okay, so why don't you catch people who didn't um, listen to you on the first the first go-round, catch them up to speed. Who are you? How'd you get started with this? And then share with us about your books. Yeah, well, I write under um, the pen name J.K. Coy. So all my books are on Amazon. And how I got started, I was inspired by my oldest daughter. I think I've heard that story many times in our Facebook groups among authors that our kids inspired us. And that was the same for me. I work in the corporate world in a marketing role and went to school for education as well. So I've always had a love of teaching and of writing and learning. And so it was, you know, just a hobby for a little while. And then the story came out. My husband encouraged me to publish it. And that kind of kicked off the journey And I've met people since that are, you know, so worried to publish their first book, but I say just go for it because that's how you learn. And I think, Lori, you're such a good teacher in that way. You're, you're just learning and moving forward always. And so I love that. And now I've got, like I said, six books out. Five of those are children's books. One of those is a nonfiction birth book. And the current series that I'm working on is the Smart Girl Fairy Tale series. And so book three in that series is the one that should be out next month. And that's Princess Winnebelle and the Pet Unicorn. Oh, exciting. Okay. So I have to ask, you had some, sorry, dog. You had some marketing experience. (laughs) Let's see if she'll stop. Oh, she's right outside the door too. Someone's coming to get her. She looks very guilty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you, what, your, your past marketing experience, did, did that help you? Like, do you, did that give you a leg up, do you feel like, when it came to selling your books? Yes and no. I mean, it's always good to have that marketing mindset and to be able to think like in the path of how your customers are going to go about buying something and that journey that you're going to take them on in the process of buying. I love but, that. We, I don't think I've talked about that, that customer journey here yeah. yet. So tell us about that. What's, what is the customer journey? <laughs> well, in some places we have more control of it than others. So Facebook, um, we do have more control of it. Amazon ads, I was laughing because Amazon ads was an area that I did not have experience in in marketing before this that I've had to learn a lot about. But Mm -hmm. in terms of the customer journey, places we do have control, Facebook, and then again, your website. So I've been doing a lot more with offering freebies on my website to try to get people to join my mailing list and so that I can get more of the customer data because that is something huge with Amazon you get sales and you get a lot of eyeballs on your products, but we don't get any information about who is buying our book. 
And the most likely to buy your book is someone who's interacted with you or your book in the past. So every time you release a new book, that, you know, those are easy customers that you are already, they're already, they already know your story. They're already connected to you in a way. So it's so much easier to make that sale with someone that already knows you, likes you, knows what mm-hmm. you're about. So being able to capture more of that customer data has been a focus these past couple months because mm-hmm. before I was relying on Amazon ads where I didn't have that data. Mm-hmm. Good for you, especially for the series and the Smart Girl fairy tale series like that is huge. So of course, if somebody's interested in one Smart Girl fairy tale book, of course they'll want the ne- the next ones in the series. But you need a way to reach them. So I love that. Yeah, and that was a learning. I mean, it seems obvious now, but it's a learning from the greater group of thinking in terms of a series when you release books. Because my first three books are part of a series now but they were not initially written with a series in mind. And so I went back and packaged them that way. And that mm-hmm. works. But these, this new series was thought of as a series from the beginning with a name and a theme and a concept that carries on throughout. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know, a lot easier to promote. Mm-hmm. Are these ones selling better than your first few? Well, my, my bestseller is still my very first book. Oh. Yeah, it outsells all the other ones. But these new books have only come out just in the past three months. So right. I've, I've been doing a lot of faster release in the past. I've released one book a year and this year I'm releasing three. So. Oh, wow. Good for you. But I mean, it goes back to, you had two little children <laughs> and you did what you could do, right? Yep. yep. And, and as you know more and learn more and get more comfortable, you can drive things faster. You know, yeah. I've already got a relationship with an illustrator, so I don't have to find that person every time, get them up to speed. So yes, that's very true. Yeah. So you've used Amazon ads. Have you used Facebook ads? I have a little and they interest me quite a bit because they have so many different levers that you can pull. Yeah. You really, I mean, Amazon ads are, there's very few things that you can pull, but Facebook ads, there's so many levers and they will spend your money as you know which is different than Amazon ads where mm-hmm. you makes them scary them to, <laughs> to spend <laughs> your money. Exactly. Scary for me because, yeah, exactly. So as like where I would encourage someone to just get their feet wet and go for an Amazon ad because you might be out $10 at the end of the month, Facebook, I feel like I need to continue to educate myself before I want to play in that space on a bigger level. So it's something I need to do. It's on my to-do list, but I have <laughs> dabbled and Facebook ads. Yeah, yeah, they're intimidating. I actually hired an expert two summers ago and it got me nowhere. It was so bad. So she Aww. was an expert in indie books, but not children's books. So she figured it would all be the same. So at the end of the day, if it was her, her lack of knowledge or something else completely, I don't know. But it really made me gun shy when it comes to Facebook ads. But I had Stacy Bauer on the podcast not too long ago. And so she gave us some great information and it made me want to go try again. So that's good. Ooh, yeah. I need to hit that You'll episode up. That one, yeah. I will. Pardon me. I will. So and what, that's always interesting because we have to think about where we take our information from because what yes. works for other types of books doesn't always translate to children's books because I will say 90% of my sales is still paperbacks. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have an audio format now and the Kindle formats of all of my books and still 90% yeah. of my sales is paperback. So that the methods, you know, that work for books that are 300 pages in a series where people devour, mm. you know, like a book a week, that's just not... It's not the same. 
it's not the same. Did you did you notice your ebook sales go up during the pandemic at all? Mine are not education focused, and so I didn't necessarily notice that. No, and I've I didn't talked either. to other people in groups, and it's been very split. It depends what type of book they had. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if it was yeah. more like it could be ed- an educational resource, then yes. If mm-hmm. not, not really. Yeah, those workbooks skyrocket- skyrocketed to the top <laughs> yes. of the charts for about a month there. I was like, oh, missed that boat. I know. So what would you say is your biggest marketing win so far? What do you do that you can rely on that works? Oh, something I enjoy doing. Well, it's interesting because I don't necessarily enjoy doing it, but I think that it's good is Facebook Live. When I put out a new book, oh, yeah. I go ahead and I read the book on my Facebook author page, oh. uh, cover to cover. And I know some people, you know, are, you know, think otherwise about that method about putting their whole book out there, but, you know, you get like a thousand eyeballs on it, yeah. you know, for 10, 15 minutes of your time. And, I think that the more people that know about your book, there's millions, millions of buyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. A couple thousand people seeing my book is just going to get good word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, um, but it's hard, eh? Facebook lives. Well, that, okay. So that's what I was getting <laughs> at. No yes, filter I don't... for your face. First of all, you're younger than me. You don't need it. <laughs> I, no, no. They're, they're so intimidating and just not my natural bent, but yeah. I do make myself at least do Facebook lives when I launch a new book. Oh, that's good. So good yeah. for you. Yay. <laughs> I <laughs> do Instagram do lives yeah. more. Instagram, oh. you can have, well, there's really funny filters. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It just seems easier for me. I, that, that's obviously a mental block. But anyway. No, mine too. And then I meet people that are like, oh, video is no problem. I could talk to the camera all day long. Right? I, I'm you know, jealous. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm awkward and awkwardly giggly and yeah, it's not great. No, but I love anyway. when you do your teachings online where you flip on your computer and just play around and answer questions. That's, that's awesome. Oh, thanks. In the group, you mean? In the, yeah. Yeah. In the writers. Yeah. That's fun. That's easier. I guess just mentally, I'm like, well, there's only like a hundred people in here. It's only a hundred. I know there's the potential. Somebody could copy it and share it or whatever, but I mean, nobody's going to, (laughs) but something about that bigger open business page just feels like, oh, well, the whole world, (laughs) because the whole world, no, they're not going to see me, but anyway. So yeah, mental Well, we could only hope if the whole world hears about your book, (laughs) think of all the sales you would have. Oh, well, that's a good way to reframe it. Yes, I should try that. So that's your biggest marketing win. So everybody listen and try it and then tag Jacqueline so she can see how your Facebook lives go. She'll be your cheerleader. Yes. Do you have a big marketing flop or anything that you tried that really did not work well that you're willing to share? Hmm. Let's see here. Well, okay. For my last uh, book, so that would be the second book in the um, Smart Girl Fairy Tale series. Mm-hmm. The name of that one is Princess Winnebelle and the Friendship Pie. So that one, I tried something different and I wouldn't necessarily say it's a flop, but it didn't, it hasn't got the results I had anticipated mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I did not put that in Kindle Unlimited for the first time. Oh. And the reason I did not put it in Kindle Unlimited is because I wanted, I wanted people's customer data again. So I don't mind giving the book away for free, but I wanted them to go ahead and you know, put in their email and then I would send them yeah, a copy of it. Website. Yeah. And it works and I've gotten emails that way, but I haven't gotten reviews. 
the same way that I do when I put it in Kindle Unlimited. So most of my books, when I launch them within a week, I'll have 20 reviews, you know, and this one, I've got three reviews and it released, I think, three or four weeks ago. And so that has been a trade-off so far. So I'm going to have to work harder to get reviews if I'm not going to put it in Kindle Unlimited. But if you have those email addresses, have you tried sending them an email and just asking if they would do it with a direct link to the review area? I have once and I need to continue really to follow up. Yeah. So do you notice that that lack of reviews is impacting sales or do you suspect that it is? I think that I need to get a few more than three. You know, I don't think that I need a ton, but you do need a little, you know. Like, is it selling worse than the first one, do you feel like? Yeah, it doesn't have as many eyeballs on Mm -hmm. it as the first one. The first one is the better seller. The first one is still in Kindle Unlimited. And so I may Mm -hmm. go back and put it in there Mm -hmm. um, and then take it out after three months. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good information, though, for people. I wonder if you if you emailed more, nurtured the list more, if if they would eventually give you a review. Yeah. <laughs> but I know nobody likes to do emails. <laughs> well, and I'll ask for them too, you know, on my Facebook um, author page and things like that. But mm-hmm. I do notice that on our Facebook author pages outside of the lives, it's really hard to get eyeballs. It is, yeah. You know, you put yeah. something out there and you feel like you're shouting the same message again and again, but then you mm-hmm. look in just like such a small subset of your, you know... 800 people Facebook group is getting seen. Yeah. Yeah. I've been experimenting more with, this was really freeing for me. So I follow somebody named Rachel Miller and my five-year-old's hitting the dog. Edit that out. (laughs) I was just going to say our pandemic puppies. (laughs) She's really having a hard day. So I follow Rachel Miller. And so she's a huge um, advocate for using your personal profile So, of course, nobody wants to do that because we share about our kids and our real-life friends are on there. But you can use those friend lists. So I think I did post a video about this in the free group last week. I don't know if you saw it. But you can post your friend list. And so she says, so I'm not like to this extent, but she says she she has like four or five businesses because for fun, she starts like she grows businesses. So that's the kind of person that this is. She also has six kids. So she's one of those people. But anyway, so so for fun, she does that. But she says, like, if you're on my, let's say, a makeup MLM, she does it because it's really high profit margin on that, I guess. She's like, you will never see my makeup posts if you're on my cat lady posts, like friend list, I should say. Yeah. So you segment your friends on your personal profile and then you just really have to pay attention to who you post to because you wouldn't want to post like a picture of your kids to your reader list or something like that. But the personal profile gets like 800% more engagement yeah, than our business does. pages. And so if you don't want to run, boost the posts and all that on your business pages, which, you know, you don't have to, you can do the lives or do your posts on your business page, share it to your personal page, but just yep. make sure that it's to that one, that certain audience. And I think that's really smart. So as long as you're willing, some people are really, really not at all willing to even experiment with that whole friendless thing, but yeah, I think that that's worth doing. Yeah, I well, I completely agree with you that, you know, the, the data is there that it gets seen much more mm-hmm. often than a business page and the post I make there. So from time to time, I will share probably about one, one in 20 posts or so from mm-hmm. my author page. I will post on my personal page. Mm-hmm. I haven't been willing to separate my lists out and to be that mm-hmm. that strategic on my personal page. I like to be like just my casual fun place. Yeah. But, you know, if people are your friends, they to some degree are probably interested in what you do and your author 
business and your books are part of what you do. And so I don't think that it's, I don't mind posting about it every once in a while. I just am selective about what I push from yeah. my author page. For, to yeah. You don't page. Be, yeah. Cause I don't end up hiding it from any one. I don't divide my content. So when I, when I first started making friends lists, I put my close family separate. So it was like my <laughs> in-laws, my parents, my great aunts and uncles, because they're the ones who are like all cap yelling. good for you honey you know like that kind of stuff and I don't want that on those posts so in the beginning I just doing that you know made it so much easier and better so I would exclude that list of close family relatives and it really does make a difference so that is a good call and I do remember (laughs) in one of the courses I did with you or one of your Facebook lives at some point you (laughs) mentioned that and I do have some very encouraging family members that post which is um, lovely yes but not very professional right not very professional yeah that would be like if your mom showed up at your work and you know clapped for you clapped for you and got but I know they mean it out of love but of course they do of course they do but yeah there you go Okay, so I know that you have a really cool initiative that you started last year. Are you willing to share about that? Sure. With us? Are you doing that again? Uh, yeah, we are still doing it. So what we did is I had been talking to Lori. Lori and I got the chance to meet in person at Vegas 2020 Books Conference. Was it 18 I, or 19? 2018? 18, I think, right? yeah. Yeah, gosh, that yeah. was like, well, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> a lot has happened. Yeah. And I remember telling you back then that I wanted to start, um, can I think of the name for a mastermind group, you know, a mastermind group for children's authors. And so it had been in my head for a long time and I'd been going around it, but it was just always kind of like on the to-do list that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so finally, about a year ago, I found a small group of people. I went around and you know, invited specific people that I was interested in trying to learn with. And we created a group and it's evolved a little bit in the last year because we've broken it into quarters so that, you know, you kind of, you commit to being there and being really committed for a quarter. And then we reassess before the next quarter, because you only really want people that are going to be super engaged. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot. We're We're like a tight group that we're on our messages every day to each other. We meet every other week Mm -hmm. via Facebook live, like, well, Facebook private yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we have basically, we so share what we're working on, struggling with, and like yeah. pull up specific examples and work through them together. And has that, do you feel like that's really been useful, beneficial for you, for your it, business, for growth? Yeah. And in, in many ways, we have all, I think, seen gains from that group. The Sometimes it's just about a cover you know, cover tweaks. Sometimes it's a storyline. A lot of times it's a lot of marketing questions. Mm -hmm. You know, many times someone's already tried what you're thinking about doing and they can tell you if, you know, it's maybe worth going down that path or not. That is so... That is so, so useful because do you find like you just get so close to your book? You know, you love the color of the cover or the character or the wording or whatever, and you just can't see the forest for the trees sometimes, hey? Yes. Yes, definitely. And it helps to have the group already there because if you get too married to it, it's hard to go back and make changes. But if you can ask questions early on when you're less married to it, it's easier. That's a good point. Okay. So I love that. So anybody listening who really feels like you're floundering, maybe you're getting lost in all these big, huge Facebook groups, try to reach out to three or four people. And at various spots, maybe in their journey, hey, like Mm -hmm. four complete newbies might be (laughs) 
<laughs> right, right. Right. You want to, you want to have a mix in there, but that's great advice. And then you learn together and grow. So. Yeah, we do have a mixed group at this point. The group has evolved from some people recommending other group members, some people having to step out, but ask someone to take their place. So we do have any, a couple people in there that, you know, this is their full-time income down to someone that's working on their second book, but she has a lot of marketing experience and website and mailing list experience. So, you know, we bring different things to the table. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great tip for people. I was actually thinking about your November story writing prompts. Oh. <laughs> that's what you started Sorry. last year. Now no, I that's feel like okay. I pulled a, a that's Laurie all squirrel. That's all good stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. So last, last November, I started a writing challenge called Chibo Rimo after there is a NaNoWriMo for mm-hmm. people that write novels where they, in November go ahead and try to write their entire novel. And so I decided that I would go ahead and apply that in the children's space and go for a story a day. And I think, Laura, you did it last year too, didn't you? So I came up with like a story topic or idea a day, but I absolutely did not write a story a day. <laughs> did okay. you write a story a day? I did. I Holy. did I, all 30 days in November. So I had 30 children's stories and it was wonderful because it... So I have all these story prompts, and if you'd like to share it with the group, Lori, I can give you um, a link, but I've got them all for this year. Okay. Together for this November, and then I also have last year's posted on my website as well. But I just print out the list. I think of it before, write it down, print it out so that, you know, no time is wasted thinking or coming up with a concept or, hey, Mm -hmm. do I want to write about this? Do I not? Like, I just go for that day. I just go for it for 30 minutes, like... At first, I read the topic, and I'm like, huh, that's weird. Where is that going to go? I don't really feel like writing about that. I don't have any good ideas. And you sit there, and you just let your mind wander a little bit, and it ends up being so much fun. It is a great way to start the day with some coffee and some writing. And as much as we are children's authors, I'm sure you know, like, so little of our time is spent writing. Writing. So much of our time is spent marketing. And it was just really fun to get back into that. Oh, I like that. Maybe I'll do that this year because I don't think... So it was last last year on the podcast in November. I put out a story idea every day in November, but but I love, I love the idea of writing the story. Cause honestly, like, I feel like my creative well is very dry at the moment, yes. but just like you said, just forcing yourself and seeing what comes, yeah. that might be what I need to get back writing. Cause yeah, gosh, everything else just takes so much time. It's true. It's true. Yeah. No, please. And I mean, because of that, that's one of the stories was, was this one. I was going to ask you. Yeah. And so, so that was Princess Winnebelle came from it. Yes. And yes. did all three come from it or just the first one? Just the first one, and then I was going to, I was going to put out other books that I wrote last year. Yeah, I have some other favorites. You know, yeah. when you write thirty, you know, most of it's like crap. Yeah, and then you get a couple gems in but there. That's, and that's okay. Yeah, how it goes. Cool. But so I wanted to put out more of those, but then I decided, nope, I want to focus on this series. So I wrote the other two after the first one. Okay. And so I still have oh. some from last year that I would like to put out. Just finding the money for the illustrator, right? Yeah. And the time to the do time, it. The time, the yes. time. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. What is your website for anybody who wants to check you out? And I will share the link to those prompts as well in the notes. Thank you. It is My Mom is the Worst. Okay. The website and online on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Stories by J.K. Coy. 
Cool. Thank you so much. Best of luck with those new 30 stories this November. Thank you. I can't wait. And if you, if you join me, tag Shibo Rimo so I can see, okay, it, I um, will. see what your topic is and which one okay. you write. I'm actually trying to like clear time in my schedule. So I might actually have time to sit down and write every Ooh. day. Yay. I know the dream, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Okay, I know we're more than a week into November, so if you didn't know that Chibo-Rimo was a thing, then you might be nine days behind, but there's no harm in starting now and getting 21 new stories written, and I know Jackie would love to hear about it, and I would love to hear about it, so if you get those stories written and you have some kind of a hit on your hands, <laughs> make sure you tell us about it. Come back next week and join in with me and my friends. Bye for now.